0: Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Family, I pray each and every one of you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and allow you to go to those ugly places to deal with your mental and emotional health. God has been totally just, just he's been on me. (laughs) God's just been on me and he's keeping me focused. And he put this word on my heart about guardianship. And I pray it will help you understand a little more of the importance of us recognizing who we are and who we truly belong to. I remember one of the things that I said um, on my previous message was that Paul said, an angel of God came to me the God in whom I serve and whom I belong to. This is very important, family, because there has been a shift in guardianship. And when we identify ourselves with the God of the Bible, we will see so many things so much clearer and we will understand so much clearer. So I I can keep running my mouth, but I'm going to get into the word of God. I have a lot of scriptures, so bear with me. But first, let's deal with the definition of guardianship. And the definition for guardianship is a legal process used to protect individuals who are unable to care for their own well-being due to infancy, um, disabilities, and the court will appoint a legal guardian to care for an individual known as the ward who is in need of special protection. I don't know about you, but I need some protection. (laughs) I can't do this by myself. We need to be taken care of. Hallelujah. So that is a definition for guardianship. And one of the things that I think is so awesome that it says it's a legal process. There was a spiritual process that took place in the spirit. God is God. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first and the last. And still, he did things legally. Hallelujah. He did things legally. In the Bible, the Old Testament, in order for our sins to be atoned, the priest had to get an unblemished lamb or goat or whatever animal and sacrifice it to atone us, to have our sins forgiven that was the old way. So God wanting to be our guardian, wanting to be our protector, wanting to be the one who covers us and keep us. He said, I I have to do this the right way. I can't just, you know, come in and just be God and show them that I can do this, but I want to do it in a way that they can understand. I wanted to do it a legal way. I want them to see that I love them enough and I care about them enough. And I want to be a a partner with them that I'm going to do it the way they're used to doing it, that I'm going to do to what's comfortable for them, what's normal for them. God did it the legal way. And I thought that was pretty awesome that God chose to do it the way men understood it at that time. So Jesus didn't just come and say, here I am, I'm God, and, and I'm here to, you know, save all humanity. God did it in a way that we can understand it. Jesus became that sacrifice. Jesus became that unblemished lamb to atone us. The Bible says without, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So in order for it to be completely done for all of humanity, not just for one set or one group of people, but God wanted to do it for the whole, all of humanity. One sacrifice once and for all, and God did it legally, that he allowed Jesus to be born of a virgin, born of a virgin, come into the earth, walk, talk, live, breathe, and sacrifice. Be the sacrifice for all of mankind so that he can begin his legal process of being our guardian as being Abba. And this is really beautiful family. This is really beautiful if you really let the Holy Spirit really touch your heart. Just let the Holy Spirit minister this to you. There has been a shift in guardianship. When you were born, your mother and your father was your care your caregiver, your caretaker. They loved you. They fed you. They brought you home. They gave you, you know, a place, a warm place, a roof over your head they they protect you and as you grew you know every need that you needed was met maybe it was your grandmother or even maybe for some of us it was a foster parent but still we had someone caring for us loving us protecting us they were considered our guardian and in that as children we pick up habits of our parents, the Bible says, "Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are older, that it won't depart from them." And many children, we 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 learn so many things from our parents. We learn, you know their mannerisms and, you know, we look at their character and we, we, some of us want to be just like our father or some of us want to be just like our mom. And we pick up these habits and we, you know, we, we act like them. We play like them. I remember being a little girl walking around the house, putting on my mother's shoes and her little pearls and perfume because I, I admired my mom. And you, you know, you want to be like your mom and we pick up all of these habits. But now here we are. Born again believers in the kingdom of God. And there's a problem. The problem is that there has been a shift in guardianship. And until we identify that I'm no longer in my mother's house and I'm no longer in my father's house, that I am a part of a new family. The Bible says that we have been adopted into the house of God. In Romans eight fifteen, it says, Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is very significant and very important. The day you called on Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, there was a shift and guardianship there was a shift in who protects you there was a shift in who provides for you there was a shift in who would be there for you there was a shift that took place the and it's amazing to me because you 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 really don't I guess you know when you don't see it you don't see it it's really trying to it's really kind of hard to say okay this shift taking place because you don't see the shift you don't you don't know what happened it's spiritual It's spiritual, but the word of God says it's not what's seen because what's seen is temporal, but it's what's unseen that is eternal. It is the unseen things that matter so much that we didn't even realize some of us didn't feel different. Some of us was still, you know, living the same life we were living and we struggled a little bit before we, you know, stood still. Stood tall on the rock that's higher than who we are. And we begin that process and we begin that walk with God. It didn't change immediately. All you knew is that you cried out and you invited Jesus to be your Lord and savior. You invited him into your heart. You invited him into your life. When you did that, there was a shift in the spirit. Hallelujah. There was a shift and there was a guardianship changed. Mm, 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 mm. There was a guardianship change. And now you are no longer, tied to or have the identity of your mother and father. You now have the identity of Elohim, of Yahweh. Hallelujah. And this is so important and this is so significant. And I believe that this would really help us to really go to those ugly places and and allow the Holy Spirit to take us there to identify the things that are hurting us and and keeping us bound because i have a new identity i belong to a different father i belong to a different father i have different characteristics i have different mannerisms i have different abilities i have i have a different way of living i don't have to stay here oh lord jesus help me with this i don't have to stay here because i have a new I have a new nature. I have a new identity. So... As I was going through this with the, the, the Holy Spirit, it was just truly blessing me. And, and the Lord took me to Genesis because he really wanted me to understand why it's important that we understand the shift in guardianship and why we truly take on the new nature and truly take on the identity of who we are in Christ Jesus, because we are holding on to the past. We're holding on to our father. We're holding on to our mother. Some of us, it's our grandparents, whoever raised, whoever was our original guardian. Who taught us, who traditions we followed, who rules and regulations we listened to. We are conformed to that. We're stuck in that. And in order for us to truly become the men and women that God has called us to, we have to identify that I am no longer tied to and I can no longer identify myself with my old guardian. But I have to identify myself with my new guardian. What the Lord took me to was in Genesis. In the book of Genesis, chapter 12, 1 through 3, the Bible talks about when God told Abraham that he's going to take him to a country flowing with milk and honey. But in order for him to get to this place, this promise, this promised land, flowing with milk and honey in order for him to walk in the promise and operate in the purpose because God told him that he was going to be the father of many. That his, his descendants was going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the ground. This is what God told Abraham, but there was something that Abraham had to do in order for him to get the promise. The Bible says that God told Abraham Leave your father's house. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. Leave your father's house, Abraham. I got promises for you, Abraham. I got blessings for you, Abraham. I got I got plans to open the womb of Sarah. And, and you're gonna have so many descendants. I'm going to take you to a place flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a place where you lack nothing. You have nothing but abundance. You're full. There's overflow every time you turn around. But the only thing I need you to do, Abraham, I need you to leave your father's house. And as I was reading this, the Holy Spirit was really ministering to me because he wasn't saying physically Sometimes when you read the Bible, you look at it and it's just on the surface and we we read it literally. But we really need the Holy Spirit to take us deep into the word of God because it wasn't physically. I'm not physically telling you to leave your mother and your father behind. I'm not physically telling you to ignore them and don't care about them. I'm telling you mentally. I need you to leave your father's house. I'm telling you emotionally, I need you to leave your father's house because I'm taking you out of your comfort zone. I'm taking you to a place that is a little bit different. I do things different. I use the simple things to conform the wise. I do things that is not normal, Abraham. So I'm going to need you to let go of what you were taught. I'm going to need you to let go of the things that you learned along the way. I'm going to need you to let go of those fears and those insecurities, Abraham, because I'm, I'm a little different from your father. I'm a little different from your mother. I'm different from your kinfolk. And I need you to identify yourself with me. So that you can enter into the promise. Family, when the Holy Spirit showed me this, it really helped me understand even more so to God dealing with me when it comes to my mind and my emotions and where it's rooted. Last last time I spoke with you guys, I took it from a, a, philosophical, a philosophical point of view, a, a, a psychological point of view. But now I want to take it from the spiritual aspect. Because what we, what we, we have to understand that these, these things that are formed, these, these mental strongholds that are formed in our mind, that becomes the story that I tell, that, that we tell ourselves is so spiritual. It is so spiritual. And we have to learn how to deal with the psychological and the spiritual altogether because it's, it's yes, we need to get our mind right, but we also can't ignore the fact that we have an enemy of our soul and that there are strong men and that there are strongholds that are holding us back and keeping us bound. So the Lord was showing me that he told Abraham, I need you to leave your father's house. I need you to leave those traditions. I need you to leave those way of thinking. I need you to leave how you normally do things because you're not going to be able to do that coming with me. So as I continuously read, the the Lord was showing me the, the residue. God was showing me what was in Abraham that would hinder Abraham. I don't know if many of you know the story, but the Bible says that Abraham came up uh, towards Amalek. Amalek was a king. But as Abraham was journeying with Sarah in fear, in fear, Abraham told his wife, tell them I'm your brother. Because he feared. He feared that if he knew that he was his wife, That they would kill him and take Sarah because she was beautiful. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So where did that fear came from? Where, Where did that fear come from? This is Abraham. The father of faith, Abraham. It was in his father's house. That fear. That strong man. Strong man. Fear is a strong man. And Abraham lied. Abraham lied because he was afraid. And many of us are going through so many different things in fear. Battling with the strong man of fear. We're responding and we're lying and we're acting out in fear. And God wanted to get that out of Abraham. So the Bible goes on and say that Amalek took Sarah. And in a dream, God came to Amalek and said, you need to return her because she's a man's wife. And because he took her, God put this, you know, he caused a a famine on them. He caused a curse on them and he caused their woman to be barren. And God told Amalek, if you don't let her go, you will not be healed. Your family won't be healed. But Amalek turned around and told God, but I didn't do anything wrong. Abraham lied. I didn't do this maliciously. He told me this was his sister. And God told him, yes, you're right. But I called him. I called him to be a prophet. And if you go and return Sarah back to him, he will pray for you and your family and all will be well. And I just want to pause right there with a sidebar. That is so powerful. That even in falling short, even in him lying, God covered him. God didn't strip him of his anointing. God did not take away his purpose. God did not take away the plan that he had for Abraham. This man told God, I didn't do this. I did this because he told me that was his sister. If he would have told me this was his wife, I wouldn't have did it. And God's response was, I know, but return Sarah back to him. <laughs> you got to know when you touched by God, you got to know that when you're called by God, see, isn't that something a parent would do? Isn't this something that a parent would do that no matter what you do, that your mother and your father will protect you. I remember my mom would tell me all the time. She said, Trina, I don't care what you do. You could lie to them, but don't lie to me. I need to know what happened so I could defend you. Hallelujah. I need to know what happened. My mother would tell me all the time. Don't lie to me. I'm gonna be more mad if you lied to me. Tell me exactly what happened so I could protect you. That's what a guardian do. Hallelujah. That's what a guardian do. When God told Abraham to leave his father's house, it wasn't for him to be to be guardianless, for him to not be protected. God knew that when you, when you chose to follow me, when you chose me to be your God, When you chose to put your trust in me, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to cover you. Even when you're wrong, even when you're wrong, I'm going to protect you. God told Amalek, yeah, I know, but I called him to be a prophet. That's my son. That's my son. And it just made me laugh because I remember the times my mother defending me, even though I know I was wrong. (laughs) I know I was wrong. But because that was my mom, that was my guardian, that was my protector. She protected me. And God protected Abraham. God covered Abraham, even though he lied. He covered Sarah, even though he lied. And I just had to throw that in there because it was just awesome to me. So as it goes on, the Bible says that Amalek, he, he gave Sarah back to Abraham. Abraham prayed for him. And then, you know, everything was well. He healed everyone. And, you know, Abraham, uh, Amalek and his family, you know, everything was fine. And I just thought that was important and so significant of what we go through. And a lot of the things that we're going through are really generational And to really hit it dead on and not to hide away from it. I know, you know, a lot of people don't like talking about the demonic. A lot of people don't like talking about generational curses, but we need to. They need to be dealt with. We need to deal with these generational strongmen. We need to deal with these generational strongholds. Fear was the strongman. The lie was the stronghold. He was afraid. And what he knew... That when I get afraid, I lie. Now, how I know this was generational, because when you go a few verses, when you go a few chapters later, his son, Isaac, did the same thing. That same strong man of fear came up against Isaac. Same situation, same scenario. He lied and told Amalek that Rebecca was his sister. Why did he do that? Because it was rooted. It was something that is way down deep. And I'm pretty sure Abraham did not sit and tell his son to lie. That was a generational strong man. That was a generational strongman and family. We have to attack these, these demons, these strongmen, and, and then attract these strongholds that we can be free. God called us to be free. And it's so important that we get out of our father's house because when we don't get away from what we were taught, when we don't get away from how we were raised, when we don't get away, we have to. Now, please, 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 by no means, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying that our we need to just completely ignore everything that we've been taught. What I am saying is our parents did the best that they could who was raised by parents who did the best that they could, who was raised by parents who did the best that they could. We are now new creatures in Christ Jesus, and we cannot have the nature of God and still carry on the nature of our father and the nature of our mother. In order for us to live a successful Christian life, we have to lay aside those ways, those traditions, what we were taught, we have to lay it aside. We have to so much so that if you read a few chapters after that, Isaac's son, Jacob did the same thing. This is a generational thing. Abraham lied, which opened a door because he was afraid his lie opened the door for the spirit of fear, which is a strong man to come into his, into his family to his family's bloodline because now his son, which is Isaac end up doing the very same thing. His father Abraham did in fear. He lied who turned around his son, which is Jacob lied to his own father to steal his brother's birthright. This is a generational curse. This is a generational strong man of fear. This is a generational strong man that is causing this family to enter into lies. That nothing is changing. That my whole I'm doing exactly what my father did, and my father's did with exactly what his father did. We have to identify it. That some of the mistakes that we're making and some of the things that we're doing is the things, the very things that our parents did, and the very things that their parents did. And if we identify it and if we be honest with ourselves, and we be, we got to go beyond the, the, the story that we tell ourselves, we got to go beyond, you know, what happened to us and really say, okay, what is going on here? What is this cycle about? What is the, why is this a stronghold in my mind? Why is this stronghold? Why can't I get past this? Why am I struggling with it? Because it's a strong man that is protecting the stronghold. And we have to identify what the strong, who the strong man is that we can now understand what the stronghold is. And by faith in Christ Jesus, we can defeat it and then we can overcome for we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. And when we identify that I have a new guardian, I have a, can't think the way I used to think. I can't think the way my father think I can't think the way grandma. I have to think like a king. Ooh, I have to think about, I have to think like someone who has authority. I have to think like someone who has dominion. I have to think like someone who has shed his blood that I could be free. I'm not captive. I'm not in bondage. I don't have to stay here. I don't have to. Co- I don't have to keep committing this sin. I don't have to keep thinking like this. I don't have to keep going around this same mountain. I have a new father. This may have been what my father did. This may have been what my mother did, but I have a new father. One of the coolest things I love. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is when Jesus was a teenager. I mean, I think he was in his early teens. He was a little boy, maybe. And he ran off. And Mary and Joseph was so upset. And when they found them, they asked him, why you do us like that? Why, 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 why you do us like that, Jesus? And Jesus said, don't you know about my father's business? As small as he was. Man, yet God in the flesh. He understood, yes, I came out of your womb. And yes, Joseph took you, married you, and I claim him as my earthly father. But don't you know I'm about my father's business? Jesus identified himself with his heavenly father, which allowed him not to operate naturally. He didn't have to be like Joseph. He didn't have to be like Mary because I know whose I am and I know who I belong to. I know the power and the authority that my father has family. This is important because the Bible says the same spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us. We are not exempt from the Holy Spirit. We have the same spirit Jesus have. I I, I want you to really let that. I want that to marinate in your spirit. We have the same spirit. Not a different spirit. Not a lesser power spirit. We got the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. So every single thing Jesus did we can do. We don't have to be bound. We do not have to be bound with the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. You do not have to stay stuck. My sister, you do not have to stay stuck. My brother, because your father provided a way of an escape. Your father provided protection for you. Your father provided his spirit, that you could break free from every strong man and every stronghold that has been beget, that has been besetting you, that has been holding you back, that has been keeping you back because of your old nature, because of your father's house, because of the residue of your mother's house. He gave you a, His spirit, not just a spirit; He gave you His spirit to empower you. That if you can identify yourself with the living God, if you can identify yourself with the Holy Spirit of God, if you can identify yourself as a joint heir in Christ Jesus, you're a joint heir, sis. You're a joint heir, bro. You're not weak. You're not weak. You are joint heir to the throne. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus because you have been adopted into the family of God. You have been adopted. When you called on Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and that shift took place in the spirit and God signed those legal documents saying this is my son. This is my daughter. You got that strength. You got that. You got his spirit. You, you, you was filled with overflow. Everything. You was touched with a sweet anointing that would break every yoke that's holding you back. My brother, my sister, can you just, just, just really let it soak in your spirit. Let it soak in your spirit. The day you said, Jesus come in to my life. There was a sign off in heaven. Mm. There was a sign off. Oh, let me sign this. Brother so-and-so is now legally my son. Sister so-and-so is now legally my daughter. I'm going to protect her. I'm going to provide for him. I'm going to make ways out of no ways. I'm going to open doors that no man can shut. I'm going to lift them and exalt them in due season. I'm going to cause him to bear fruit. I, I, I. Mm. Family, this, I'm about to just worship right now. I'm about to just worship because this, this is a blessing. This blessed me. This blessed me when we depend as children and even some of us as adults, we depend on our parents so much. We go to our parents so much. We, we look for their guidance. We, we seek their love and their approval and their affection. We, we look to our parents so much. But if we can understand that there has been a shift in guardianship, and if we can just admire, and if we can just have that reverence and have that love, and have just really look at God, really look at Him for who He is, and really identify ourselves to that—like I'm your son, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. The Bible says, in all our getting, get an understanding. And to really, truly understand what that means to be a child of God, to really understand what it means to be adopted into the house of God. It's beautiful. Even to the point that the Lord was just showing me the shifts. When you're born, Hallelujah. When you're born, your mother and your father, they named you. They named you. Your name is who you are. My name is Shantrina. That's who my mother called me. That's who my father called me. And it's a part of my identity. But when I called on Jesus to be my Lord and savior, do you know I got a new name? Do you know you got a new name? You got a new name. Because you have a new father. You have a new father. And because I'm shifting. The guardianship. And I'm shifting these legal documents. And I'm not just taking you. I want to let you know that you're mine. I want to change your name. I want to give you my DNA. I want to give you my characteristics. I want to give you my power. I want to give you my strength. I want to give you my spirit. Because you are my child. That shift took place. And you got a new name the bible says that abram was changed to abraham hallelujah sarai was changed to sarah jacob was changed to israel there is a shift in the spirit there is a change when you when you identify yourself with the great i am I change your name because you're my daughter. I change your name because you're my son and you no longer have to act the way you used to act. And I know it's not, you know, it's going to be a little uncomfortable for you. I know you have to journey with me a little bit and you got to walk with me a little bit, but I am able to finish the work that I started in you. I'm able to finish what I started when I signed off on those legal documents that you was going to be my son. I know you was going to struggle. I know you was going to lie. I know you was going to to be afraid. I know you was going to be full of lust. I know you was going to be full of pride because this was your own nature. This who you was in your father's house. This who you was in your mother's house. I'm fully aware of who you are. I'm fully aware of the package you come in but because I know who I am I am that I am by the grace of God because I know who I am. I know that the work that I'm doing in you, I know I'm going to change the way you walk. I'm going to change the way you talk. I know you're going to begin to have my characteristics and my mannerisms and you're going to love the way I love and you're going to give the way I give because my identity is your identity because you are now made in the image of the most high God. You are now made in the image of your new guardian. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you were worthy, Lord, you were worthy, Jesus, you were worthy, Lord, you were worthy, Jesus, new guardian, new guardian, which enabled us. It enable us, his spirit enable us to go to those dark places. It enable us to go to those places that we really don't want to go to and confront, confront, confront our childhood, confront our teenage, our teenager self, confront our young adult and say, I am that I am by the grace of God. I have a new nature. I have a new character. I have new mannerisms. I have a new perspective. I have a, w- a new way of looking at things. I see different. I hear different. I draw the line. He empowers us to do it he empowers us to do it if you can really grab a hold of what your sister is saying to you right now if you could grab a hold of it if you've been truly struggling and because I just really I couldn't let it go it wasn't leaving my spirit and I I was like I have to you know go back and talk to my brothers and sisters because it it sounds easy said than done when you're dealing with stuff that you've been dealing with for a long time it sounds easy said than done to be free from lust and pride and fear it sounds real easy said than done but I I want to encourage you my brothers and sisters that when you identify yourself and when you acknowledge that there has been a shift in guardianship and my daddy got me my daddy protects me even when I'm wrong even when I mess up even when I fall short he's not gonna leave me he's not gonna forsake me he's never gonna let me go nor depths nor height nor principalities nor powers nothing past nothing present listen Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. Take that love. Take that love to that event that hurt you. Take that love to that place that broke you. Take that love and know that nothing. You know what? I can confront you. I can confront you, pain. I can confront you. Because my daddy got me. My daddy right here with me. I could confront that molestation. I could confront when I was abused. I can confront. I could confront the rape. I could confront being kicked out and evicted. I could confront because my daddy with me, my daddy with me, there's a shift in guardianship and and he's not alone he's not alone. There's more with me than them that are against me. When you go to that place to defeat the strong man of the enemy and to defeat those strongholds that's keeping you bound, that's keeping you stuck, you're not going by yourself. You're taking all of heaven with you. You're taking your heavenly father. You're taking Jesus. You're taking the Holy Ghost. You're taking legions of angels with you when you go to that place and you confront that event and you confront that devil that tried to take your innocence and try to take your peace and try to take your joy and try to take your identity and try to make you feel worthless. You got help when you go to that place to be free, to be free, to be free. I don't want you to be stuck, sis. I don't want you to be stuck, bro. You got help. You're not going to those places by yourself. You are stronger than you think. Greater is he that is in you than him in the world. You got power. You got authority. You got an anointing that will break off every yoke that's holding you back. You are not alone. You are not alone. And I really, I just had to come talk to my family and say, you know what, we, we, it's, it's so much more to this, but we got this. We got this because we made the decision to call on the one person, hallelujah, the one person that can actually change it. We're not calling on a God that has deaf ears. We're not calling on a God who hands is short and can't save us. We called on a God that when we speak the name of Jesus, that even demons tremble. We're calling on a God that is a present help. We're calling on a God that he will move every mountain and every obstacle out the way just to get to you. That he will, family, Who Jesus, 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 Jesus. When we really know, when we really let that really soak in our spirit. The decision you made. The decision you made. The decision you made. The decision, you made that decision that gave you life. Abraham had to make the decision to leave his father's house. He could have kindly told God, I'm comfortable here. He could have kindly told God, I'm good. He made the decision to leave his father's house. He left his kindred. And though he struggled, and though he had a strong man of fear, and though he had a stronghold of lies, he trusted God. Because God finished the work. He started in us and you got to know that sis, you got to know that bro. We, we're not doing this alone. We fall, we slip, we struggle, but he is able. He is able. He that has begun a good work. It's a good work. Sis It's a good. You are good work. God looked at you and he said it is good. He who has begun a good work. Is able to perform it. God is able to finish you. God is able to bring you to completion. God is able to bring you to the end. You are not alone. And you don't have to do this by yourself. But the enemy you saw yesterday. You shall see no more. The enemy that you saw yesterday. You shall see no more the fear the doubt the insecurity the lust the pride that you saw yesterday you shall see no more because he is able to be he is able to finish the work and when you put your trust in your new guardian when you put your trust in the one who laid down his life when you put your trust in the one that is a present help when you put your trust in the one who loves you How can you fail? How can you fail? You could do nothing but succeed when you put your trust in God. With God, all things are possible. And you got to believe it's possible. You got to believe that you will be healed. You got to believe that you will be whole. You got to believe that you lack nothing in Christ Jesus. You got to believe it, sis. You got to believe it, bro. I declare and decree your freedom in Christ Jesus. I declare and decree that the bondages that once held you back, you will be defeated. They will be defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare and decree that the enemy, that the enemy that was oppressing you and depressing you is being defeated. Even now the angels are on assignment, warring against every demonic force that's coming up against you. Every spirit of power that is coming against your mind and your thoughts and your emotions are coming to their feet. For Pharaoh and their horsemen has drowned in the water. And you got to know that the enemy that is attacking you, the enemy that is coming up against you, they are going to drown in the water. That God goes before you and he got your back. You are protected on every side. You are protected on every side. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be stuck. You don't have to go around the same mountain over and over again. You don't have to stay in your father's house because you have a new father. And you don't have to deal with those curses because Jesus broke the curse. He who hangs on a tree is a curse. Jesus hung a curse so we could be blessed. And by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, we can break every generational curse. We can come against every generational strongman. We can come against every generational stronghold in our mind, in our emotions, in our will. We have the power by the Spirit of God to come against these spirits, to come against these demonic forces. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper as children of God. No weapon shall prosper as the seed of Abraham. When God told Abraham that his descendants will be as the stars in the skies, my sister, that's you brother. That's you. We are the seed of Abraham. Those promises are our promises. That land flowing with milk and honey is our land flowing with milk and honey. Those promises are our promises and God is not man that he should lie. So we could take that to the bank and we could rest assured that because God said it, it is so. And because God is with me, it is over. The storm is over. The storm is over. And I am free free in my mind, free in my emotions, free in my will. I'm not bound by generational curses. I'm not bound to strongmen and strongholds keeping me in repetitive cycles. I'm not bound. My God is able. My God is able. And I identify myself with my Abba father. I identify myself with that guardianship. I identify myself with his provision and his protection. There has been a shift And I acknowledge it. There's been a shift and I identify myself with it. Therefore, I am able to be free in the name of Jesus Christ. I am able by the blood that was shed for the remissions of my sins that I will not be stuck. I come in agreement with the blood. I come in agreement with that covenant. I come in agreement with that covenant. Hallelujah. So family, I love you. I'm blessed. And honestly, I think I'm going to do a p- another part to this because it is so much. It's so much. It's so much. I, I don't even I didn't even give you all the scriptures that I had. I just let the Holy Spirit have his way. So I know I'm going to have another part two to this guardianship. So I pray that each and every one of you really allow the Holy Spirit to really minister to your heart and, and really understand that shift and know that. You are the child of God and what that means and what that means. I, 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 whew, Paul said it, the God I serve and whom I belong to send an angel to me. And you got to know God got some stuff for you. God got some angels on assignment for you. You are not alone. And I declare your freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. I love you. God bless you and I will see you in part two. Hey family how are you? I pray all is well. So I told you guys that I was going to come back with a part two and I just really want to just give the scriptures that I wasn't able to give the first time the Holy Spirit was just having his way and I love when he do so. But I just wanted to give you guys the scriptures. So this part of um The podcast is just gonna be me giving you scripture, 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 scripture. It is the word that is sharper than a two edged sword, piercing and dividing down to the bone and the marrow. It is the word of God that changes us, that shifts and changes the dynamic of everything. So I'm gonna give you the word of God on guardianship and God being our father and we being his children, and let's get into it. First John 3 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Psalms 103:13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Amen. Matthew 6:32. As his children, he promised to take care of us. For the Gentile seeks all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. He he, he knows that we need clothing, we need food, we need provision. And we have to know that God knows as a parent, as a parent, as our guardian, he knows exactly what we need when we need it. And if we can trust him and say, okay, Lord, I know you see me, I know you're my dad, I know you got me, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to be patient, knowing that you know what's best for me. Amen. First John 2, 12. I am writing you, dear children, because your sin has been forgiven on the account of his name. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. He gives us many good gifts, especially the spirit. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? God is a big gift giver, and he loves giving his children gifts. I think as a parent, you you feel so good and you have this joy in your heart when you give your child something that you know they want. And even some of the things that they need, just to know that, you know, I was able to provide, I was able to give them this, it it puts this joy in my heart. And I'm so grateful. And I, am so thankful that God allowed me to be able to provide. He is my provider. Amen. Therefore him being my provider allows me to provide for my daughter. And that's how I really look at it. And she knows that even though it came from me, she also knows that it came from him. And I'm blessed to know that she knows that. That, Mommy, I know you got this for me, but it was by the grace of God that you were able to give this to me. It was by the grace of God that you were able to provide. It's by the grace of God. And her knowing that, you know, it makes it so... It, it like, really bonds us together, like, the three of us. We have, like, this awesome, awesome bond. She knows where my help come from. I know where my help come from. So it's important that, you know you have that heart of gratitude, even with your own children. And we don't have it all together. I like that. It said that you being evil, you, you're not, you being imperfect, you being flawed, you know how to love your children. You know how to give them things that they need and want. How much more our heavenly father, who is perfect, hallelujah, who is perfect, who knows all things, who omniscient, who's all knowing, who knows exactly what we need, when we need it. How much more will he give unto us when we ask him in faith? Amen. Galatians 4, 7. As a loving father, he promised us a great inheritance. So we are no longer a slave, but a son and if a son then a heir through God and i think that is so awesome that i'm not just bringing you into the family i'm not just bringing you to the family like when you think of an adoption and you bring someone into your home you love them you take care of them you you you're there for them but God, He took it a step further. He 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 didn't just invite us to the palace because He's a king. Amen. He didn't just invite us to the palace. He gave us a seat at the table, the head table. We are joint heirs with Christ. We're sharing in Christ's portion. Amen. We're sharing in Christ's portion as children of God. Isn't that awesome? That you're not just in the house of God, but He He sits you at the head table. You know. Like, I remember like having like family events and there always used to be two tables. It was a table for the adults and it's tables for the children. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know why, but that's how my grandmother did it. It was that separation. You go over there and sit with the kids <laughs> and then, you know, you have the adults. And of course I know why they having their own little conversations and they sipping on a little wine or whatever the case may be. And the kids had their table, but God doesn't separate us. We're all at the head table, amen, because we're joint heirs with Christ. No matter where we see ourselves, how low we see ourselves, how insignificant we see ourselves, how much we are insecure in ourselves, when we called on Christ to be our Lord and Savior and God signed off on those legal documents and we became children of God and we became joint heirs with Christ, he set us at the head table. He pulled the seat next to him, Mm. He pulled the seat next to him. When you think of a king and you think of him sitting at his table, only the honorable mention get to sit close to the king. But... We're all honorable mentions in the eyes of God. We're all his children. We're all the apple of his eye. We all get to sit at his head table. That's why it's important for us not to be jealous of one another because God shows no partiality. And I know sometimes for some, they feel like, well, God is blessing this person and God is blessing that person. And the truth of the matter is that's not the case. It's just that person's season. When you look at the dynamic of your own family and you look at, you know, maybe an older sibling the younger kids always want what the older person get, but you can't get this yet because you're not old enough. You you can't get this because you're not ready for this. So even though you may want it, you got to wait till you your age to receive this. And we have to be patient with our heavenly father, that even though we're seeing our brothers and sisters being blessed with the very thing that we may want. Are we mature enough? Hallelujah. Are we mature enough in the spirit to handle that thing we're asking God for as a father, as a faithful father, as a loving father? He's not going to put his children in a situation where they fail. He's not going to put his children in a situation where they fall. So as a good father, as a good guardian, I'm protecting you. I'm covering you and I'm keeping you. I'm not going to send you into a position you're not ready for. I'm not going to give you something you're not ready for. I know you think you can handle it. I know you think you're ready. But I, being omniscient, being all-knowing, I know you're not. So we look at our brothers and sisters in in Christ, and sometimes we get a little spiritual jealous. And, and you got to understand that God shows no partiality. We are all sitting at that table as joint heirs. And when is your season, sis? And when is your season, bro? Can't nothing stop the hand of God from blessing you? Can't nobody stop it? Can't nobody stop those doors swinging open that no man can shut. Can't nobody stop the overflow that's going to overtake you. Can't nobody stop it because it's your turn. It is your season. And we got to be okay, and we have to learn to truly, truly celebrate our brothers and sisters when they're being blessed. We got to celebrate our brothers and sisters who are walking and operating in the anointing. We, we have to celebrate knowing, too, that I serve the same, I got the same daddy. I got the same daddy. And when it's my turn, and when he wants to put me at the forefront, when he's ready to exalt me in due season, it will be my turn. So right now, I can sit back and I can celebrate my sister. I can sit back and I can celebrate my brother. Go ahead with your bad self. (laughs) Because we, we have the same daddy and we're sitting at the same table, eating of the same bread, drinking, hallelujah, of the same cup. The same cup. Glory be to God. Glory be to God hallelujah hallelujah but it is written what no eyes have seen what no ears have heard nor have any heart imagined what God has prepared for them that love him 1 Corinthians 2 9 for those that are led by my spirit are my children Mm. when you listen God and it's funny because as a parent as a parent, even myself, the, 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 the greatest gift my daughter can give me is obedience. I feel good when I counsel her or I give her instructions and she obeys. It makes me feel proud. It makes me feel good that she honors me and she loves me and she respects me enough to listen. The Spirit of God is the voice of God. When the Spirit speaks, that's God speaking. Romans eight fourteen through 17. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For we did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provide provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. 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 And that's important too, because sometimes we, we don't like being disciplined. Sometimes you feel, you know, and I I can speak from a parental point of view because sometimes I remember my daughter, you know, not being pleased with me because she's being disciplined. But he chastened them he loved. Hallelujah. I love her. So if I see her doing something that she shouldn't be doing or something that is going to be harmful to her, I correct her. And as children, we have to learn to receive correction from our heavenly father. We have to learn to receive correction from our guardian. We may not like it. But we got to know that God, he is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is God and he changes not. So there's something that he knows about me is something that he knows about this situation that I don't know. And if I can just receive and, and obey and respect the counsel of God, and if I can just respect and reverence the spirit of God, when he speaks to my spirit concerning a matter that pleases God. That pleases him that my children listen to me, my children obey me, my children respect me. We may not always like what he says. We may not always like what he do, but he's sovereign and he knows all things. He knows all things. So I, I'm, 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 I'm grateful because I'm able to see it from a, a parental perspective of how I expect my daughter to respond. Because I love her. And, I, you know, sometimes I have to ask her when I do correct her or if I do tell her no or if I do, you know, do something that she may not like. One of the questions when she gets upset with me, I always ask, I said, do I love you? Yes. Do I want to hurt you? No. So what do you think? Where do you think this counsel was coming from? Why do you think I'm telling you no? Why do you think I'm telling you not right now? Why do you think I'm telling you to wait? And let her take that moment to really sit. And then I let her take it to God. I said, go take it to the Lord and pray. And she'll come back to me and say, you know what, mommy? You know, I was, you know, reading the word and I, you know, let the Holy Spirit talk to me. You're right, mom. Sorry. Or, you know, I know you just, you know, trying to do what's best for me. And I I receive your counsel. I have those moments with my daughter. So much so I have to have them with him myself when I don't like When God says, no, when I don't like, when God tell me to wait, (laughs) oh, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. I'd be like, why God wait? Well, what do you mean? Not right now. I don't understand Lord. I don't understand, but I know he loves me. And when I get out of my feelings and I sit and, and, and just really just, you know, take that breather I do the same thing, Lord. I know you love me. I know you know the plan you have for me. So I'ma just be patient. I receive your counsel. So sometimes it's so funny to me because I, I try to with my daughter, you know, you know, use what the Lord is doing to me and 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 give her the same compassion and patience that the Lord is with me. I can't not be patient with her and not be compassionate with her, with her flaws, with her mistakes, with her shortcomings. And God is patient with me. That's that's one of the things that the Lord had to. he he, I remember when the Lord says, you know, that's my daughter, too. So it made me shift my perspective when it comes to her. She's not just my daughter. She's the daughter of the most high God. And how I treat her is important. How I respond to her is important. My tone when I talk to her is important because she's not just my daughter. She's the daughter of the most high God. And if we look at our children that way, we would have a better relationship. There would be a better dynamic in the home because we're showing them, I respect you as an individual. I don't play the mommy card. I don't play, oh, this is my house card. I don't play that card. I can. But if it's going to risk us having an awesome relationship, I know when to be mommy, I know when to be minister, and I know when to be friend. Because as our children grow, they need those different dynamics. Why? Because we have a, a heavenly father that sticks closer than a brother, who is the lover of our soul, who is our heavenly, Fa- God plays so many different roles in our life. He don't just be, I'm, I'm a father. That's it. You listen to me. He knows when we need a friend. He knows when we need guidance. He knows when we need someone just to talk. God plays so many roles and wears so many hats in our life. So I I, 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 I took that and I learned to do that with my own daughter. So she don't just feel like, oh, well, it's mommy and I got to do what mommy say. No, I had to really study my daughter and I had to, you know, really stay in the presence of God that I can discern when she needs mommy, when she need a friend, when she need a minister. Even if that meant I had to take correction from her when she said, okay, mommy, I just needed you to listen. Okay, mommy, I, I, I just needed you, I just needed a friend. I had some of those days, but I had to learn that we can have a great relationship and God wants you to have a great relationship with him. But we have to know that he is not just our guardian, but he is our friend. He is our counselor. He is the love of our soul. And he wants to wear all of those hats in our life. So I I just wanted to share that. I thought that was, you know, relevant. So 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. Do not rebuke an elder man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as a brother Older woman as a mother, younger woman as a sister in all purity. And I think that's awesome that God, he loves us because he sees us where we are. He chastened those he loved. He rebukes the one he loved. But he he, he meets us where we at as a father. And I think that is important. He, he doesn't see, you know, he doesn't treat us like someone else in the street would see us. And if we make a mistake, especially as a Christian, especially as a Christian, people are looking and people are watching for you to make a mistake. Like, mm-hmm, I thought she was holy. hmm I thought she was saying, people look for you to mess up, but I love that. God, he meets us where we are. He rebukes us, but it's in love. He convicts us to repentance like any parent that truly loves us. And I truly believe, I remember when my mom used to beat me and she said, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I used to be like, yeah, okay. I'm the one with the bruises. (laughs) How does this hurt you more than it hurt me? And I truly believe God feels that way when he rebukes us when he chastens us it is in love and we may not understand and we may feel like God you're 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 not loving on me and God you forgot about me and you looking me over but it's out of love and I truly believe it really breaks the heart of God when we have those thoughts because the enemy would love for our thoughts to be polluted when it comes to god to think he don't love us to you know to feel abandoned and not to really receive that adoption because if you were really my dad you would help me if you was really my dad you'll be there for me if you were really my dad you'll give this to me if you was really my dad no if you as a parent, and I, I want to speak to even those who are parents. If you are a parent, would you give your son or your daughter something you know? You know they're not ready for. And if we can all be honest, we would say no. I'm not giving my daughter something I know she's not ready for. No matter how bad she thinks she is. So we got to look at him and say, you know what? You love me. And open the eyes of my understanding. If it's something in me, if I'm not ready, show me how to get ready. This is what I desire. This is what I want. Father, if I'm not ready, if I'm not prepared, if I'm, I'm not where I need to be open the eyes of my understanding father and show me what I need to do that I can get in sync and in line with your spirit, that I may receive this because God, what he gives good gifts. That's one of the scriptures that I read at the top. He he gives good gifts. How much more? How much more? He wants to give it your heart desire. He puts the desires in our heart. He puts the desires in our heart. So he wants to give it to you. He wants it to be fulfilled. He wants it to come. He wants it to be manifested. But we also have to trust his timing. We have to trust his love. We have to trust him and say, Lord, I know you love me. Father, I know you love me. So I'm gonna be patient and I'm gonna be still because I know your promises are yay and amen. I know what you placed in my heart shall come to pass in due season. Until then, open my eyes. Show me what I need to improve. Show me how I need to grow. Show me how I need to, you know, you know, be that person that you're calling me to be. Whatever it is, whatever it is, Father. Show me if we could take that approach, because now we know he's father. Now we know he's our guardian. How are we going to respond to them? How are we going to talk to him? I know you're able, you're God, you could do all things. So if it's not happening, it's not because you don't want it to happen. Maybe it's something in me. Maybe it's something that I need to change. Maybe it's something I need to do. Father, show me, open the eyes of my heart. Created me a clean heart and a right spirit in me maybe my motives are wrong maybe I want something just because someone else has it maybe I really don't really want whatever it is show open the eyes of my understanding that I can truly see why why haven't I received it why am I not walking into this because as a father a loving father he's not gonna put us somewhere that's gonna hurt us he's not gonna give us something that's gonna hurt us He's definitely not going to give us something that's going to draw us away from him. And we got to take that into account too. We may not know. We we think in ourselves that we can handle some stuff. Oh, I can handle this. I can multitask that. Have you ever tried to multitask something and you really thought you could multitask it? But when it was all said and done, you're overwhelmed and you're tired and you really couldn't do it. Some things that we're asking for are going to overwhelm us and it's going to pull us away from the presence of God more than it should draw us in. So whatever the situation, whatever the dynamic, if we're not ready, God is not going to give it to us. And as a father, I'm glad that that's his approach. I'm glad that that's his approach that he won't give me nothing. That's going to hurt me. He won't give me something that is going to pull me away from him. He's not going to, you know, give me something that is going to destroy me. And he's not going to do it for you because he loves you. He's your Abba. He's your daddy. So I just wanted to share these scriptures with you. Um, I didn't want to leave them out as we, you know, sit and soak in the presence of God as the Holy Spirit minister to us as his guardianship, as his legal process has taken place and we're his children and to take it personal. To take it really... Per- I take it so personal. <laughs> like, that's my daddy. <laughs> that's my daddy. You know? And it's okay because guess what? You're my sister. And you are my brother. I don't know you. Nope. But I know you in the spirit. I know you in a spirit. You're my sister. you my brother. And I take it personally. And that's why I come and I want to share my heart. Because you're my brother and my brother may need to hear this and you're my sister and you may need that encouragement I'm taking this personally I'm not just reading the words off of a page I'm letting it soak in me I'm letting it resonate with me I'm not just being a hearer of the word but I want to be a doer so I take it personal that's my daddy and he loves me and he took over the responsibility when I called on Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and he took over the responsibility when you called on Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you entered into a big family (laughs) a big family no we're not perfect no we don't have it all together but like I said He is able to finish the work he started in us. And we not only have to love and reverence the great I am, we have to love each other as brothers and sisters. We have to help each other. We have to support one another, be there for one another, encourage one another, exalt one another. Because that's what family do. We have to forgive one another. We're going to make mistakes, and we may hurt each other's feelings from time to time, and we may be offended. But I forgive you, and I pray you forgive me, because you're my sister. And I didn't mean it. I was having a moment. You were my, you're my brother, and maybe I, I said something out of context. I didn't mean it. I, I, I was in my feelings. So please forgive me, because that's what family do. We forgive. We love. So I pray that not only you allow the Holy Spirit to bear witness in your spirit that Christ is, was, and will always be, that God, Alpha Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last signed legal documents concerning you, and that he loves you with an everlasting love. That nothing can separate you from him. And that you have a family. A family of brother and sisters who loves you. They're not perfect. They're not God. They're not God. But they love you. And they're doing their best just like you're doing your best. So I pray this encourages you. I pray it helps you see Abba Father as your guardian. That you boldly walk in confidence that that's my daddy. <laughs> that's my daddy. And it is well. He is working this out. No weapon formed against I mean declare and decree every word the Holy Spirit put on your heart. This is yours. I'm an heir to the kingdom. I lack nothing. I'm the head. I'm above. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the apple of his eye. You know how you you know some parents you know they they favor i don't i I, I don't think any parent favor any child. I don't really think that um. But people feel like that. I feel like children feel like that based on, like I said, the child getting something or maybe that child may be getting more attention at the time or whatever the case may be. But I truly don't believe any parent love any child more than the other. God loves us all the same. So when you say, that's my daddy, I can say, that's your daddy, too. <laughs> and he loves you, too. And he loves me, too. You may be getting blessed in this season. You may be having overflow in this season. You may be having, you know, those doors swing right, wide open that no ma- you may be receiving all of the things that I want. But it's not going to change the fact that God loves me too. And that's how you got to see it, sis. That's how you got to see it, bro. No matter what's going on, no matter what you see going on around you, no matter who you see, getting the things you desire, getting the things you pray for, getting the things you want, seem like they're having good days and you having bad days. It's all about your perspective. It's all about your mindset. It's all about the story you're telling yourself. And that's why your sister is here to help you shift your thoughts and get you to understand that you are loved and that you are Um, Wanted and that you are accepted And that you are adopted And that God cares for you deeply More than you know But just know That that is your sister and your brother And you celebrate them You get excited Because one thing that I've noticed And witnessed in my own life That when I pray for something And then I begin to celebrate My brother and sister For getting the same thing that I want It seems like a shift takes place And I start getting them. I start getting stuff. It's something about celebrating your brother and sister. It's something about being grateful for what God is doing in their life that opens the door for God to do something in yours. So I encourage you today to start celebrating your brothers and sisters. Start loving on them and not being jealous and envious of what it is that God is doing in their life no matter what it is. And don't look at yourself as having less than. Just know that when your time come, when you are ready, go to God. Lord, am I not right? Am I? Is my heart not right? Take accountability. And don't look at, oh, God not blessing me. God's not hearing my prayer. Take accountability. Say, Daddy, Daddy, can we talk, Daddy? Is it something I'm not doing right? Is my heart not right? Is my motives not right? Am I not in the right seat? God will talk. He's a God that speaks. You ask, you shall receive. So, Go to him, pray. But don't be jealous of your brother and sister because God shows no partiality. Like I said, we are all sitting at that head table. We are all joint heirs with Christ Jesus and he loves nobody greater than he loves the rest. We are equal in the eyes of God. So I love you. May God bless you. May he keep you. May the spirit of God rest upon you. May he pour fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, Fresh oil from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I plead the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I pray that your eyes of your understanding be opened, that you be enlightened, that God begin to enlarge your borders, that He enlarge your comprehension, that you begin to understand the Word of God like never before, that you begin to understand His love for you like never before, that you begin to understand that guardianship like never before, that shift that took place. I pray that the Spirit of God just breathe, breathe into your nostrils, give you that second wind, that you feel relaxed, that you feel you. you you, know, you just just joyful and grateful i I I, re, I I just i my heart i just love you guys i truly do I, I i really do love you guys like i said with the love of god with the love of god i love you and i know how much god loves me and i know he shows no partiality so i can't not love you the way he loves you i can't not go all the way Because he goes all the way. He will leave the 99 for one of us. So in the image of God, I will do all I can to show you how much daddy loves you. To show you how much he cares and that he's there for you. And I pray you do the same for me. As I pray for you, you pray for me. Okay, sis? Okay, bro? Until next time, I love you. Bye-bye.